The following presentation was recorded live by the Jewish Ethics Institute. So the question we discussed in the carpet cleaning class was, can you support, even though you're not doing anything wrong yourself, you're an ancillary support of a sin taking place. Okay, that was the question there. And um, so, so the greater question, as it applies to politicians, is obviously not in the same extent. We hope politicians are not literally killing people, but many times, um, depending on what your views are, we're not going to discuss the various sides, we're not going to try not to mention names today, but a politician that you might want to support or vote for or donate to their campaign or volunteer for their campaign might um, have something in their platform which, according to the Torah, is, um, is not, let's say this nicely, does not jive with the Torah's views of morality or um, halacha, however you want to put it. So the question is, can, am I, is it okay for me, um, or for anyone, um, specifically it could be even worse for me as a rabbi, or, which uh, by the way, as we discussed many times, where as a 501c3, you cannot support a candidate from the pulpit. Um, if you do, you can lose your, your technically you can lose your 501c3. So that's why I will not mention any names today, or parties, or candidates. Um, but, but in general, the issue, the issue becomes for anyone really, but could even more so for a rabbi from the pulpit, supporting a candidate who, within that candidate's platform, has issues um, that are antithesis to Torah values. So is that a problem? Um, again, it's relevant to a lot of areas, but specifically donating money, voting for the candidate, volunteering for the candidate, or vote just even supporting the candidate from the pulpit, as we're saying. So, um, so there's a number of issues we're going to discuss. Just to give, so to start with, um, usually, by the way, when I prepare for class, so I always try to find a, a nice um, cartoon that fits the subject. It usually takes me a while to find one that's clean, and this one, this time, was first cartoon I saw was perfect. You see the cartoon on the front. See the cartoon on the front here? It's an easy one. Oh. Okay, sorry. You see it? Yep. I think this is uh, yeah. 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 That's relevant. <laughs> Very relevant. <laughs> it's everyone, no matter who you're supporting. Is is any of it, are we yeah. going back to, Do you prefer the to no, biblical on this? Or is this mostly going to be the one that's lower than high 54? Because, so both. <laughs> because <laughs> I mean, like. We're going to try to. Well, some of it is biblical. What I'm asking is. is what if in Mexico, you know, or you're supporting someone? I'm, I'm wondering how, how you're going to qualify. Will you vote if someone in Mexico? No, no, no. I mean, you support. I mean, if you're supporting somebody in. This isn't relevant in any country you live in. Obviously, if you, if you vote, if it's a democracy, you're going to be voting. The question is, let's be honest, most candidates of either party without discriminating against anyone. Almost every candidate's going to have something in their platform that probably doesn't fit with, with Torah. That's the bottom line. Um, and the question, by the way, even in Israel, this is a big question. This is a major question, or more so. We're not going to get into the Israeli politics. But for there are religious parties in the Knesset, this is one of the key problems. Um, it just came up recently. There's a whole, I don't know if you've been reading the news, but any time you have a religious party and they're a member of the government, meaning they're in the, in the 
right? Uh, Israel is a par parliamentary system, which means you don't vote for the prime minister, you, do, you vote for party. So the question is now that in order for someone to become prime minister, you, they have to have other parties join them, smaller parties join them. The question is, as a religious party, can I join a government which clearly the government is doing things that are against the Torah. In Israel, we're talking about, religi we're talking about Jews who are, whatever the case is, they're not, uh, clearly not a religious government. Okay, so, so that becomes a bigger issue there. Um, can a religious party join a government? So it's, 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 a, it's a general question. It's not related specifically to voting. Um, it's related to many things, as we'll see. It's related to if you have a synagogue and can you give an aliyah to someone who you know just uh, stole money. Or is is uh, is, is intermarried? Is married to an Anji? What do you do in a case like that? Can I give an aliyah to someone? It's, it's a general question. Did he steal see. the money and give it to the shul? <laughs> so that's our next class, actually. That's a separate issue. So again, we're not talking about where you're actually taking money. We're not, again, this is only an ancillary thing. Can I give support, even verbal support, monetary support? voting support or an alias support or anything, just giving him honor. Giving someone honor who is someone who clearly does not represent Torah value. That's really that's really what it boils down to. So it's a very broad question. As we'll see. So some of it is gonna be biblical, some of it is like we had to give honor to Hash Rebosh. I mean point. so there's certain yeah. time in the so I'm just trying to figure point. out so where that's what we're about. Okay. It's relevant to save your life. You know, sometimes you you know, if you don't give honor you're gonna be killed. So that's a that's a, We'll talk about that too. So, so a few things I found, a few relevant topics. We'll get to the main one, but the, the main, the first, not the main one, the first issue I want to get out of the way is, is a topic called, fascinating thing, which I wasn't aware of, that it's actually discussed, but it's, we, we mentioned maybe to hear in the past, that as we know, in, in Judaism, you could never, let's say you live in a society where the, there, the morals of society changed based on the Torah, meaning away from the Torah's morals. So let's say, let's, and then, without getting to the topic, I'm just picking it as an example, I'm not gonna, we'll get into the emotional part of it and the legal part of it, etc. but let's say homosexuality. So as we know, the Torah prohibits homosexuality. Now we live in a society where it, the Supreme Court says it's a beautiful thing, it's equal, it's 100% fine. You, um, so as Jews living in that society, how do we, okay, again, we're not, I don't wanna get into, it's an emotional issue, I'm not discussing that issue per se, I'm just, just giving that as an example. Just to yes. clarify for the record, the Supreme Court does not say it's a beautiful thing. The Supreme Court says, you, you're introducing Can't emotional be. terms okay. to, to <laughs> okay. specific. The right. Supreme Court says you may not discriminate no, based on homosexuality. Yeah. Or the Supreme Court is not have to ruled, let, allow them to get married. Okay, so you're right. So just because <laughs> you, you know, the Supreme you, Court. you, you, you by, who by Supreme saying Court. it that way, now, some of the Supreme you, Court you, did say it's you, you know, the interpretation is. Yes, okay, you're right, you're right. So stay correct. Saying, stay correct. Supreme Court says, marriage, uh, um, you can't, you, you have to, or you have to, you can't discriminate in marriage, meaning you have to allow homosexual marriage. The Torah seems, would seem to prohibit it. Um, so how does that work? So, so now morals, when society is moving away from Torah, we as Jews still have to stick to our Torah, to, to, we don't change our morals when society is going the other way. Uh, and that's just an example. I don't want to go there. The question is, what happens the other way? Let's say society's morals are higher than the Torah's morals. For example, um, animal rights today is, is in an area today, or even environmentalism, certain cases of environmentalism, where the Torah might say, you know, listen, in this case, it's permitted to kill animals, 
but our society has come to a point where if you do anything to an animal, if you sneeze the wrong way at an animal today, you're, you know, you're, there's a problem with it. Okay? Circumcision. No, that's the other way. Again, that's going the other way. Again, society mandates things that are against the Torah. Of course, we're not allowed to go there. We're not allowed to, as Jews, we can't, we have to still stick to our Torah morals. The question is, what I'm saying is, if the society has better morals than the Torah, for example, polygamy would be another example as we discussed in the past, I think here. Polygamy is something the Torah permits, technically. But in, uh, in most um, Western societies today, polygamy is frowned upon. Okay, so, so does, now what do we do then? If society has higher morals than the Torah, okay, so, so there is discussion I found, which I found, you know, it's meaning, again, two examples here, interesting examples. One is um, there was societies in those days outlawed, this is again in the 1200s, that if an animal was known to have had a relationship with a human, you couldn't eat that animal. Past laws, okay, and I think it might have been Christianity even. Judaism doesn't say that. Judaism says you can't bring it as a sacrifice in the temple, but as far as you want to slaughter that animal and eat it in your sandwich, got no problem with it. Okay, but society outlawed that. So the Sefer Hasidim, which again was written around the 1200s, prohibited for Jews eating an animal because what he argue, his argument was it's what's called a chil Hashem for Jews to be less to be seen not to be to be seen as less moral than society at large is is a desecration of God's name. As Jews, we have to always have the moral high ground. Okay, and therefore, if society at large is saying this is not is immoral, um, even though the Torah seems to say that is moral, and society now changes and now says this is immoral. So we as Jews have to keep that high moral standard. It's an interesting concept. So one example I put here was bestiality. Um, actually, another example I saw was discussed was um, Christianity does not allow, I don't know about today, in, in those days, um, learning secular subjects in a sanctuary of a church. Okay? So the question would be, as Jews, you know, if you have a Jewish Sunday school or day school and they're using the synagogue for a school, so for us to use the sanctuary to teach secular subjects, um, the, the, I saw a response permitted, prohibiting it. For the reason is that we can't look like we're, so you know, it's, a, it's better than the Jonas. We can't look less religious than our co-religionists and the Christians, or less moral, so to speak. That we're, uh, we're allowed, our, in our sanctuary, you can teach secular subjects, but in, the, in a Christian church, in a Catholic church, you can't. It's sort of like a complex, but the complex is a, is a real halachic aspect in the sense of, so it's, a, it's viewed as a desecration of what we call Chil Hashem, desecration of God's name. Another example, like I said, was, was um, polygamy. At, as we know, polygamy became prohibited in Ashkenazic society in the tw- 1100s or 1200s by Gershom because German society at that time said polygamy is prohibited. So as Jews, we can look like we're doing something less moral than society at large. It's an interesting concept. Um, another thing I found was actually uh, uh, burying ashes in a, in a Jewish cemetery. So they prohibited that because the Christians, believe it or not, prohibited it. Christians um, disallowed cremation at the time. And they didn't allow They said anyone who's cremated can't be buried in a, in a Christian cemetery. So therefore, Jews took on that same custom. Really, was it not that cremation is a problem, according to Jews, but there's no, you want to bury the ashes, there's no problem in a Jewish cemetery. But because Christians prohibited, we ended up prohibiting. Okay, all rabbinical, obviously, but the concern was Chil Hashem. So how does that relate to our topic? Um, so I was thinking, you know, it's meaning if you have, and again, I don't, um, I'm not going to specific candidates, but if you have the Christian right 
um, disavowing a candidate because of they say the Bible says this, we can't support this candidate as Christians because the Bible says this is prohibited, whatever the case may be. So uh, do we as Jews have a, can we go now support that candidate openly? Support that candidate who our co-religionists are saying, listen, he doesn't stand for biblical values. It says in the Bible X. Assuming those values are the same ones again, okay. those values are that we truly believe that's prohibited. So even if we're going to say, okay, it's okay to support that candidate, we have no problem. But do we look bad as a as a religious community, as a Jewish community, supporting a candidate um, who? Christians are saying, how can we support this guy? He's antithesis to everything the Bible says. That's where it might come up. That's one issue. I, I didn't see this discussed anyway. So we're talking about the sense of if they're interpreting what the Bible, the sense, the Torah, and the well, way that no. we would interpret. Oh, sorry, yeah, it has saying. to be an equal interpretation. Meaning, so if if obviously, say, they're okay, misconstruing the Bible. Of taking the eye for if, an if eye, they're misconstruing. Right. If they're misconstruing the Bible, then I don't think we're obligated to okay. go along with that. What we're saying is, if it's something that's real, meaning, if, but the point is. They're standing up as a, as a as a religious community and saying, "How can we support this candidate because this he stands for everything against what the Bible says?" And assuming that again, it's the correct interpretation. So then, do we have an obligation to say, "Well, how can, we can now can the next day Jewish community say, oh, we're supporting this candidate that looks very'" well, Don't we have that now? Yeah. I mean, isn't Texas a law? Do you uh, if you injure or you cause the uh, a uh, a miscarriage, you can be charged with murder. Isn't that? Yeah, I don't know. Like in an, or say, let's say in an accident, you're in a car accident with a woman, and the woman is the pregnant Cause woman is, is killed, and the baby is all, the fetus you is also be charged. You're charged with oh yeah, and murder. You cases. could be charged for manslaughter even on a fetus in Texas. Something like I don't know. Yeah, the something, like, something like that. Right, okay. That would not be our interpretation. We're going to say, well, because the Bible says don't do that, but that's not our interpretation. Okay, right. So I'm saying again, if, it's, if it's something that's a clear value, the Bible says this is prohibited. You have a candidate supporting that prohibition, whatever it may be, and and all every priest is getting up in his church and saying we can't support this candidate as religionists because he's specific, explicitly against what the Bible says. So now the question is now the Jewish community says no, we have no problem. That I think that might fit under the disguise of what we call a chilwashem, a desecration of God's name, meaning we're looking we can't look like we have lower moral standards then. Yeah, it'd be hard to explain then, the differences, how we explain why that we can't do that. You know, yeah, it's so I don't want to get caught up in the It's kind of yeah. hard to explain to somebody who's going to be hardcore. No, I understand what I'm saying, but if we have a different explanation, that's something else. We don't interpret the Bible in the same way. I don't think that's an issue. You, know, you don't have to worry, this is an important thing, even from my assignment, we call you know, the, this is, I've seen response about this in other, in relevant to other Jews. Meaning if, if Jews are misinterpreting something, let's say they think this is prohibited on Shabbat, and it's not. I don't have to. I can't. I don't have to not do it because they're ig they're ignoramuses about yeah. the law. Okay. They don't know if they're interpreting something wrong. That's not our problem. Talking about when they're interpreting correctly. Yeah. And this is what the Bible says. So for now, as a Jewish community, for us to go and say it's okay, we're okay. going to support this candidate. That I believe that might look that might put the Jewish community as far as their moral standards in a interesting light. Again, it doesn't right. Okay, so that's one aspect. I want to get to the next one, which is the main topic, which is there's a fascinating prohibition. Very, I never knew about this prohibition. It's, it's a very, uh, I don't know what the word is. It's not, it's not a famous, not one of the more famous of the 613, but it's called Hanufa, um, is the Hebrew term, which literally means flattery. Okay, there's a prohibition, believe it or not, of flattering someone who's a sinner. Okay, to go ahead and, and, look, and we'll, we'll see what that means. The question is, how do we interpret that? 
Um, but before we get how to, what, how to interpret flattery, um, let's read what the prohibition is. So prohibition is basically flattery. The, the Talmud talks about extensively, and it, it understands it's even to be biblical, as we'll see from a verse, to a certain sense. Um, there's a prohibition of, of Hanufa called flattery. The reason why it's prohibited, before we get into what the prohibition is, so I put there the why, it causes the offender to continue by the assumption is if you flatter someone who is an evil person, it causes him, and this is not only relevant to Torah, it's relevant to any more um, someone is stealing something again, someone's just an, a bad person, and you're continuing to say, oh, how great he is. So he says it causes the offender to continue his, his malevolent ways and dissipates his interest and enthusiasm to do tshuva. Meaning, obviously, if you want the guy to change his ways, and you're saying, oh, he's a great guy, and the guy just stole, uh, you know, just bankrupted a company and, and did terrible things, okay? I'm not discussing individual candidates. In addition, Hanukkah <coughs> encourages other people to respect and emulate the evildoers' nefarious deeds. So by flattering an evil person, the assumption is you're in a certain way supporting his deeds, to a certain extent, you're condoning them, and that's causing the, him himself not to repent from his deeds. Like, listen, he's now given the honor in the shul. He's going to be honored at the, at the synagogue dinner. Okay, let's take a more simple case. Um, he, right, by doing that to someone who's a known sinner, that obviously, well, listen, why should the guy now change his ways? Okay, that's number one. Number two is other people see it and see, wow, well, okay. So the rabbi respects him. They're giving him the honor at the shul dinner. Uh, the ADL is honoring him, you know, even after what he did. So it must not be so bad to, you know, to rip people off. Or to, okay, so that's, that's where, that's the why behind the prohibition. And this is a problem, uh, without question, we have in our society, so in a Jewish society, and in a greater society, that this is a, this has comes up, but it comes up in greater society too. Right? When you have people who are have issues, and society seems to honor them. Okay, so that is what the prohibition is. Um, now, as we're going to see, there's two, there's many different types of flattery. Is flattering the person for their act that they did. Okay, if someone did something wrong, right? Someone is the CEO of Enron, and then you you now uh, tell you know, oh, what he did was a beautiful thing. Listen, you, you know, just condoning, literally flattering him for his evil act. That's obviously the worst case of flattery. There's different levels. Or then you have what about flattery? I'm just every person, no matter how evil they are, usually are going to have some good aspects. They have some nice uh, attributes. Okay, well, like he's, like he can give a lot of charity. As in, he bankrupted Enron, but now he's giving, he's using his money for uh, for charitable causes. Or he might have some good things. So can I flatter him? Can I honor him? Not mentioning the evil. What about just mentioning the the good parts of him? I'm not saying I'm not condoning his acts. Of course, his acts are disgusting. But um, those doesn't mean I can't give him a Leah and show. I can't call him up and honor him at the show dinner without mentioning. Just I'm just going to talk about his good attributes. Listen, he happens to be a great guy um, in other areas of his life, non-monetary areas. Okay, so so is that also prohibited? We say there's a prohibition of flattery to an evildoer. Does that mean specifically flattering their acts, their sinful acts, or does it mean uh, flattering them in general? For other areas where they might have uh, things they excel at, okay. Hear the question? Hear two sides to the coin. Yeah. yeah. So there's different levels of flattery, as we'll see. Okay. So, so the first thing is, so obviously understand how this comes in relevant to a candidate, because you can have a candidate who's terrible in one area, but he might be very pro-Israel. So we're gonna. Um, is Hanufa just for the wicked? 
or does it just mean flattery? And you put flattery. the word chalufa means flattery, but flattery to someone who's a fine person, you know, you're la- of course you're la- there's no prohibition word. to flatter someone, right? Your wife, you're obligated to flatter right. your wife, right? So, so uh, flattery is in itself is not prohibited. It's flattery to someone who doesn't deserve the flattery. That's where it, where you're lying through your teeth, and you're saying they're a good person when they're really not. Okay, that's one case, or where you're you're saying they're a good person in specific areas where they happen to excel at. But in other areas, they're, they're evil. Okay, so that's where it becomes an issue. So, so again, so the first thing is the Gemara says very clearly, and this is where it brings a verse. Again, it's not a biblical verse, it's from Job, but it says, flatterers are one, the Talmud says, are one of four types of people who are unworthy of greeting the Divine Presence. And it bases on a verse, um, it brings a verse there, which is, for a flatterer should not come before him. But there is, that's not the biblical source, we'll see soon what the biblical Okay, so um, so Job says um, in Job it states, uh, God, Hashem says, flatterer shall not come before Hashem. So we see how terrible flattery is, um, in the sense of the Talmud says so bad that they don't get to d- to greet the divine presence. Okay, so now the biblical source for this is, and of course it's not in the in context. The context there is talking about. Um, to remember for sure, but it's a verse in Numbers that says, it says like this, do not corrupt the land in which you dwell, and the word there is the verb for flattery, but obviously in that context it doesn't mean flattery, it says, for the blood will corrupt the land, and the land will not be cleansed of the blood spilled within it, except through the blood of he who spilled it. So literally, the kind, the literal interpretation there is talking about O.J., O.J. Simpson, um, where you know someone committed a murder, Okay, but you're letting them off the hook. You're finding evidence, um, and you to Hanifa again, flattering them in the sense of we're allowing them. We're not going to um, convict them of murder. Okay, that's in a literal sense what the verse is talking. About. Okay, um, where where someone you know someone committed a murder, but you're letting them off the hook. Okay, obviously again, OJ, we're not getting to the facts of OJ. I just brought that in. <laughs> but, um, the, the point is, but again, the, that's what the Torah says. The Torah says very clearly that someone who does that, it's a negative violation. Um, and this is known as the violation of Hanifah. The Sifri explained that this verse is referring to mitigating a murderous, pun- a murderous punishment or let him go because he's a powerful person or comes from a powerful family. So this is a guy who has, is well-connected in the community. He's given a lot of money to charity, so we're going to you know, let something slide and lose some of the evidence. Okay, whatever it is, in order to let him off the hook. So that's what the Torah is prohibiting explicitly. This is called Hanufa, and it caused the very land in which we dwell to become corrupted. Biblical prohibition is so now the many people quote this Medrash and this as <coughs> not limited to specifically to this prohibition of murder. They extend it to all cases of Hanufa, meaning anytime you're letting something slide because this person is someone that we need to honor, whatever the reason is. He's the rabbi in the community, he's the running for office, he's the mayor, whatever, with the running for president, whatever it is, we're allowing him, we're, we're shoving his misdeeds under the carpet um, because he's someone who's, whatever whatever reason, we're doing that for, okay? So 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 many yeah, now no broad... <laughs> no politicians being mentioned right now. Right. No politicians being mentioned. Um, but the, the, the point is, this is the biblical source for this prohibition. Where again, um, if the Torah says you shall not, in this case it's blood, murder. But again, we're broadening that to mean any 
type of evil that was committed, letting someone off the hook and praising them or honoring them, even though um, even though they've committed that. Okay, and the story there is a story actually in the Talmud itself where um, it says there was a violation of this. And the famous king, um, if you ever go to Israel, a street in Jerusalem behind Nachli Yudeshuk. Actually, just stay there. It's called Agrippa Street. It's the best steakhouses actually in, in Jerusalem. Best restaurants are there. Um, it's called Agrippa Street. It's named after this King Agrippas. Agrippas was a Roman um, king who wasn't Jewish, but he ruled after the Romans destroyed the temple. He came in. He was actually very friendly to the Jews. He rebuilt the temple to a large extent. That's why there's a street named after him in Jerusalem, Agrippa Street. But there's in Judaism, the fascinating thing, there's a, the last mitzvah in the Torah is once every seven years, the king, so he was the Roman king at the time, in the Roman emperor of the state, in that there was a Roman emperor in Rome, but he was in charge of the province of, of Palestine, or whatever it was called at the time, um, and like very good to the Jews. And uh, there's a custom, a Jewish custom, once a year the king reads the Torah in public for the whole Jewish nation. It's actually once every seven years, eight years, but uh, in the temple. So this, and now it says very clearly in the Torah, a king in the Torah, a monarch, has to be Jewish. This guy was not, without question was Jewish. So it says he, he got up to read the Torah in the temple courtyard and he started crying because he, he read the verse, actually, that says that you have to be a brother to be a king, you have to be a Jewish. He started crying and it says all the Jews, including the rabbis there, and attendants at that public Torah reading said, don't worry, Agrippas, you're our brother, you're our brother and they let him continue to continue to read. It's a clear violation of the Torah. So, so it says, that was, it says, uh, the Talmud says, um, it says the story here. Agrippus was the ruler king of the Jews at the time. Um, he was clearly violating being king. His eyes welled up with tears. The rabbi's presence, seeing his distress, encouraged him and said, Agrippus, you are our brother. Implying that they were in favor of his continued kingship, even though he wasn't Jewish. Clear violation of the Torah. And it says that Talmud goes on to say that they, it was a terrible thing. They were published, pu punished for what they did, the rabbis of thought. So this is an example where you have, again, it's a politician. We need him. He's good to the Jews. So we're going to uh, kiss up to him and say, oh, he's our brother. Is that what self-defense or self uh, That's a good question. So there's a lot of questions how they were able to do it. We'll get, so we'll get to the self-defense. It's self, nice. Self-interest. Self, self yeah. Or danger well, to society if you don't. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. I didn't mean individual, but yeah. So, so this is where it gets into the question of, you know, what is the prohibition limited to specifically condoning that act that's wrong? Or is the prohibition of flattery a general prohibition, even non, not limited? I mean, even if I just say uh, he's a good-looking guy, he's a nice tan, is that is that is that prohibited also? But once the person's evil, do I have a prohibition in, in flattering him in any area, or specifically in the area that he did wrong? That's the question. Okay, so so of course there's two opinions that I found. Um, so opinion number one is the safe figure read him, which is a rishon, an early authority. He says like this: He says, whoever hears something sinful and improper, or sees something evil and says that it is good, or remains silent, and this is not because of fear for his body or property. So he puts that in. Seemingly, he would imply that if it's for fear. Of is a danger, then of course you can, uh, you can, uh, which was the case we discussed with the carpet cleaner. Meaning, in the case where your life, you feel like your life is in danger, that might be different. Of course, so that's parenthetical. We'll get back to that. But rather, because of his evil-hearted nature, or because he thinks to himself, he might be angry with me and fight with me, and I will lose his favor and affection. 
is considered a flatterer and transgresses this violation. Okay, so he seems to be saying, again, the prohibition is whoever hears something sinful and proper and says that it's good or remains silent. So the, the prohibition is specifically where you're going to say that what he did was good. This evil act that he performed is okay. That's where there's a prohibition, according to this first opinion. So he's saying very clearly, but if you just want to support him in another way and not mention that sin, okay, so he's running for office and you're going to say, look, we're going to ignore the fact that he uh, beat, beat his wife. He was uh, convicted of beating his wife, Peter. Okay, we're going to ignore that. Listen, he's going to be a good president, he's going to be a good mayor, he's going to be a good congressman, so we're going to vote him in based on his other attributes and, and come out and we're going to you know, come out and support him for his other attributes. According to his first opinion, there's no problem with that. There's no prohibition of flattery. Prohibition specifically, if you're condoning the act that he did, that's evil. I'm going to say, ah, it wasn't so bad what he did to his wife. That's something else. Or let's say he's an adulterer and you say, ah, listen, now listen, everyone does it, it's not so bad, you know, we can, we're going to rationalize his adultery publicly or support it. That would be a problem. But supporting, just supporting him as a candidate, leaving out the sin part, not discussing that, according to this first opinion, would be fine. So, yes. taking this story here, right. which one? Uh, Agrippus. All right. So, in this case, this all right, Agrippus was favorable to the Jews. Yeah. Let's change it over and say the king was like the guy from North Korea. All right. And he's going, he stops at that point where it says, you know, only the king of Jews can. All right. He stops. He looks at the rabbi and says, all right, you know, what, do I continue or not? Well, you know what happens. If you tell him no, you know what's going to happen to you. I mean, it's right, so again, so that's, we'll get to let you keep on bringing that up. So that's a question of, can you, like I said, he throws that in here. It is not because of fear for his body or property. So oh. he clearly would hold that that's okay, okay. too. So th no, this is probably the most lenient opinion. He's saying very clearly, as long as you're not specifically um, flattering his evil act, sin that he did, or, and he says again, there's no fear of body or property, so that's where there's a problem. Okay, but it's not a problem to get up and support the candidate. He could have killed his wife yesterday. Okay, let's say O.J. Simpson was running for president. Could we support him? Yeah, as long as we're not mentioning, mentioning his wife. And that whole issue, we can get up there, we can, uh, can get up from the pulpit and say, we've got to vote for this candidate, you want to donate to his campaign? Again, as long as you're not specifically condoning his evil act, according to this first opinion. And the second opinion, B says... Well, it also says, or remain silent. So you can't just do that, can you? You can't just forget he, you're remaining silent if you skip over. Okay, so well, no, that's I, I'm yeah, but I'm saying if I'm voting, we're talking, let's stick to the topic. Topic today is voting. Can I vote for? So okay. listen, I don't have to con condemn every. What we're saying is, as long as you're not, no, if I'm giving a stump speech, I'm introducing this guy at the shul dinner, and this guy is a, I know, is a spouse abuse. Okay, so I get up to introduce him. He's being honored at the ADL dinner. I'm, I'm supposed to give the invocation and introduce the guy. So can I do it if we know this guy has issues? So what he's saying is, as long as you're not praising him for that, that he's a great husband, then you're fine. Okay? As long as you're not mentioning the fact he's a great husband, you want to mention he's a great father, he's a great businessman, he's a great everything else, then you're okay. There's no problem. Listen, I'm not saying you should, but at least as far as this provision is concerned, he's saying it's fine. Okay, I'm sure you've been put in that position. <laughs> we all have. Okay, so now B, is opinion number two says, and even if one praises the wicked man, this is Rabbein Yonah, who's also Rishon, he says very clearly, he says explicitly, even if one praises the wicked man only for his good qualities. So he understands the prohibition is not, the prohibition of flattering an evil person 
He's not just flattering him for his evil act. Even if you praise him, you pick, you find something good. He's a good-looking guy. He is, he's a great businessman. He's a great. There's a lot of good th- qualities. Listen, even Kim uh, Young has he has a nice haircut. The honors is so I'm saying there's something right. I'm saying there's something good. There's something good you can find about anyone. So, so, so even if one prays the wicked man only for his good qualities, he's pro-Israel. This candidate is pro-Israel. Okay, we know, and everything else, he's terrible, but he's pro-Israel, which he has and speaks highly of in front of people to inform people of his uprightness. This too, as he says, is terribly destructive. When he mentions the good but not the evil, you're ignoring the fact that he's a spousal abuser and conceals all his wrongdoings, he will be regarded as righteous among the listeners. People are going to say, well, okay, it's not so bad to, to beat your wife because look, this guy, we're talking, the rabbi's getting up in shul and, or, and getting up to dinner and honoring him. And the shul's honoring him. So even though we're not, man, we're ignoring that whole thing, okay? But the fact that we're getting, says Rabbi Yon, the fact that you're getting up there and honoring him in a different, for his good qualities, people are going to assume, well, you know, you know, it's not so bad of what he does. And therefore, he says, he'll be regarded as righteous among the listeners. They will grant him honor, empowering him to raise his hand in triumph. And he says, so therefore, it's the same prohibition. Okay, the prohibition is not just to honor him in his, to, to honor his bad qualities, even in his good qualities. Okay, so that would make a major problem with, technically speaking, according to Benyono, supporting a candidate who's done something which is against the Torah could be a problem. According to Benyon, again, according to the first opinion, say if you ran, it's no problem as long as you don't focus on the on on those issues. I, I guess I, I'm trying to draw a distinction between this is my own mind. I'm drawing a distinction between flattery or you're honoring some someone in the shul within the leader. Well, okay, as opposed to flattery doesn't mean we're voting for somebody to be a leader of the community, whether it's just the Jewish community or, or as a whole, the country that we live in which is an important role, obviously, in regards to how the, how the government is, is run, okay? And, I, I mean, where do we draw the line? I mean, where, I, mean do, I can understand you, fun, you give somebody in the Leah, you give whatever, and you, and you're not flattering them because of whatever negative acts you might have done, but, you know, we're talking about, do we, how do we judge so where do you draw the line? Is where do we draw the line? Because because the idea of being a leader of a community or of oh, a country has such a has such an importance in everyone's life. And therefore, why everything? It's, it's, not, uh, it's not affecting anybody's life on a day-to-day basis or whatever basis. No, but, but somebody's saying it's yes, worse or better. I think it's it's part of a continuous path. So we might say, well, you know, being leader of the free world is the the single most important thing. Um, but on our day-to-day lives, is that more important than the mayor? Or is it more important than the leader of the shul? Because that may impact you far more in your day-to-day life. You know, who's, who's the, um, who, if you're interested in animals, who's the, who's the local dog catcher? Maybe to, to any one person, but what's most mm-hmm. important? So Trump at said, every level, Trump said Rubio can't even be the dog catcher. He wouldn't even vote for dog catcher Florida. And, and Trump's a great example. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, you may not, but I can. Trump's a great example. Anyone else? In the to give equal time. This is just a factual. This is not a disparagement. One of the ways he's combated some of the things that have been said against him 
is trotting out all the very same people who said wonderful things about it. Mm -hmm. So the great clip is Mitt Romney uh, standing up at a press conference four years ago thanking uh, Trump and his wife for his endorsement and gushing about it. He really now cannot go off and say what a terrible human being he is. So it, it is a continuum of, and when you start that at the dog catcher, you know, sometimes those people end up running for president. Right, it starts somewhere, right? But if you honor the guy, I meaning if you stop it at the lower level, then I'm not sure right. what you do. And you'll right. never get to. Right, so if you get him in Aaliyah, does that person then go from the elite? I'm not arguing for or against, I'm just trying to position well, I would say If you give him an Aaliyah, does the first Aaliyah lead to another one, lead to a dinner, lead he's to president all of a sudden he's president right. of the shul? And forget about whether he runs for president of the United States. States. Also, also, at the same time, the Aaliyah, okay, as opposed to... You're hoping that you're, if you'd write him off at the Aaliyah level, you're hoping that, you know, it could be that he might. Really takes it positive, from a positive standpoint and goes to shoot one. That's it. That's great. Or does he take his encouragement to keep going you know, because he doesn't feel ostracized? Well, that's he, the question. He's exactly. Support. Okay, but I think that's, that's exactly the point. Level, that's a great but at a government level, or you know, um, where there is power. The issue, I guess, is power. Do we want to have power? And, well, but uh, I think being president of the show is, to me, is frankly, is, well, is equivalent okay. to being. You know, President of the United okay, States. Okay, but still, there's a lot of the average person gets I mean, you're right. Being President of Shul, you're right. I mean, I think... If that's, the, if that's the dominion in which you operate, that's... That's, that's your stuff. world. For some people, that's the right. Yeah, I agree. So, we get to the... So, listen... At the same time, you're also, that whoever is elected to that position, the person who gets the Aliyah doesn't represent the whole Shul. The President of Shul represents the Shul. He is a figurehead. No, but the, there's a pathway. But you make a great point. Does giving somebody the aliyah bring them back in and they get, say they're now, okay, I'm going to be a little more righteous? Or do they say, well, I guess my bad conduct wasn't so bad. They gave me an aliyah. So, so Marshall Fanson addresses the I mean, I think, yeah. I, I don't know what you I think more people would be more, taken as a more positive and maybe use it, okay, but it's okay for me to go fool around. No, but I'm saying if a guy, I, no. I think the majority of people would have the more positive. I'm not sure you're right. Meaning, the more had the more positive encouragement, feel more of an encouragement to do better as opposed to as an excuse to do worse. Oh, I, I don't think so. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't think so at all. Meaning, the, listen, at the end of the day, yeah, he's getting honored. Like, right. listen, not clearly, no one cares. What you're Just saying, got I, I don't think is consistent with uh, when you praise people you're going to continue to bring about that conduct. So if I'm praising you and you've been, uh, I don't know, you, you've been an adulterer and all of a sudden you're up in front of the shul and they're saying, wait a go, big guy, come on. Not uh, about your adultery. You, yeah, I don't know that you say, oh, I better quit that adultery because... <laughs> no, it's not, there is a certain sense, meaning because of the shul, they're looking at like... As a rabbi, I'm more careful about what I do, and, and there was a rabbi because I have to live up to that expectation. Absolutely, you're more careful in your adultery. You, you don't, you go, don't go, you don't go to Denny's. You, you okay, now so choose. So the question is, you know, this guy, you know, I am a real cynic that people change their behavior that way. I don't. Some. Uh, some. Yes. But I. 
No, it's okay. So my observation of human nature is that people don't change. The adulterer continues to be an adulterer. <laughs> you see the good in people. I just see. I'm trying. I, I, I'm a cynic. So, it was asked this question, by the way, about giving okay. someone only a, I believe the case was this intermarried guy. Uh, yeah. Just because we see people for business deals, you know, all day, every day. Oh, of course. Yeah. The number one thing we look at is tell me about your past deals and give me your references. And we find, you know, there's not a case where, you know, they had a falling out once, and people said bad things, but then everybody else loves them. It's always consistent. Yeah, yeah. Well, so what happens if, they, if, they if you know this guy? That's a good question, but what happens if you know the guy's an adulterer? Does that mean you're not going to do business with him? Yeah, that's a great question. That's a great question. So uh, a lot of what I've done over the years um, is listen closely to people. and try to get them outside of a pure business setting and when and listen and when people say to me you know when I travel I cheat on my spouse um, or people say to me you know I pay my maid cash and that way I don't then to me yes that's a red flag because if they cheat on their spouse under the and people have often said this to me when I travel, I use different rules. Yeah. Uh, or I, I pay my maid in cash, because uh, it's just easier for me. Well, if they'll cheat their maid, when the time comes, they'll cheat me. So my, my rule is, you know, it's been great. I, I mean, I don't ever say to them why. Yeah, Ross Perot got a lot of hell for saying that. Remember Ross Perot when he first ran, he said, <coughs> I will not have anybody in the cabin position who fooled around with his wife. And it presses with nuts over. How dare you being so moral? But his, his exact reasonings were because if he's going to cheat on his wife, he's going to cheat on the That's government. Right. And if you're going to security claim, whatever. If you're going to cheat someone who can't, you know, if you're if you're going to cheat on your maid, you're saying if you take advantage well, you of a situation, then you don't know when you're going to. No, you're cheating the maid because your maid won't get social security. You're cheating your maid. Uh, these days, yeah. You're cheating your maid. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. You're cheating the government and, and you're cheating yeah, your health. Yeah. Then, yes. Then my view is, and, I, and I've had big time lawyers at downtown law. You know, it's just so much paperwork. Really? You're a Fulbright lawyer and it's too much paperwork for you? And my answer is yeah. <laughs> Because when it becomes too much work for you to get me the paperwork on the deal we're in, you'll also decide, screw it. That's my view. So, so let's and see what... People are consistent. See what because the guy who's cheating Feinstein. there will cheat elsewhere. So Feinstein was asked this question, um, and he says like this. Again, the question was, giving an honor, uh, it was actually opening the ark, someone who was, I believe the case was he was intermarried. I'm not sure. Remember, I don't have it in front of me, but he says like this, this is the answer. This is in C on the bottom. He says, when it comes to flattery in a manner that cannot be interpreted as <coughs> sanctioning his violations and evil deeds, such as praising his appearance, general wisdom and character traits, so he says, it is possible that there is no prohibition whatsoever, even if some exaggeration is made because he is needed. 
um, because he's needed and, and, and quote everything. This applies as well to giving him the honor of opening and closing the ark and the like, which is simply an expression of honor and does not give the appearance of sanctioning his misconduct. For it is known to all why he's being honored. Listen, everyone knows this guy has money. That's why we were having him open the ark on Yom Kippur. No one's, no one's going, oh my gosh, we're condoning his, uh, his, his adultery. No, he's saying no one in the shul is going to assume that everyone knows why we're giving him to open the ark because this guy is filthy rich. Right? So he says people understand that. Let's be honest. People understand why. So therefore, as long as you're not, again, getting so up is, and condoning his... As long as we say you gave a gift of uh, $50,000 to the shul, we're honoring you for your gift of $50,000 to the shul. Period. Then, then it's clear. That's a flatter for that purpose. Right? But I mean, he says not a good thing. But he says it's not, it's not the prohibition. He says one must distance himself from this kind of flattery. He does say that? So again, he says as long as the lack of the parents of sanctioning his misconduct, for it is known to all why he's being honored, meaning his money. But he, he ends up saying one must distance himself from this kind of flattery, praising him more than he deserves, as opposed to praising him deservedly, which is certainly not forbidden. He wants to avoid excessive praise. So he says, listen, if, if it's clear, opening the ark in the shul, that goes to the richest guy in the shul every year. So the fact that you're giving it to him, and he happens to, you know, have been an adulterer, he's saying it's not that you're not in violation of prohibition. He says, keep, you know, it's not something you want to do, but it's not prohibited. If he says, in the truth, he goes on discuss, listen, if the shul really needs the money, they're going to close down with that. Well, I mean, look how many shuls so are taking, I mean, obviously shuls are taking money from businessmen <coughs> or, or lawyers <coughs> all the time, or doctors, and how many of them are closing their office on Shabbos? Right. Not many. Good. So theoretically, you could say, well, maybe I shouldn't even take the donation. Because oh, that's a different, we're not discussing that. That's a different question. No, Should you take the donation? No, but we're discussing here just is open, so he's giving him an honor. Giving him an honor. That's the question here. Giving, well, don't, that's take, what I'm saying, but the $50,000 no, I'm saying taking bad money, that's like you said, we're going to discuss that. That's a different class. No, it's taking money that was ill-gotten money. Well, well that's a separate issue. Um, but here we're discussing specifically honor. You're not condoning what he's doing. You're just honoring the guy in a, in a separate context. You're not even mentioning whatever happened. It's not, it's not relevant to the... Okay. So again, so what he's saying is, as long as it's clear, meaning, and I think this is where it applied to candidates also, if it's clear a certain candidate is very pro-Israel, and that's why the Jewish community is going to come out and vote for him. So even though he has things in his platform which are clearly against what we stand for, or he's an adulterer, whatever else it is, it's clear to everyone, the Jewish community, I mean, maybe not anymore, but at least, uh, you know, 10 years ago, it was clear that when we vote for a candidate as a community, we're voting for the best candidate for our interests. We're voting because he's pro-Israel, whatever the case is. So therefore, I think it's, and that's where I'm applying, it's similar to this to what Moshe is saying. When you give the guy, everyone knows why you're giving him the honor of opening the ark. Right? So it's the same thing. When we're voting for a candidate, yes, he has things in his platform, according to this, according to Moshe, that might be against what we stand for morally in other areas, whatever he's, let's say, he's pro gay marriage, whatever whatever issue you want to, you know, which every candidate, by the way, does have <coughs> issues that are going to be problematic with the Torah, probably, no matter who your candidate is. So, but if it's clear we're voting for him because he's, this is the Israel, the pro-Israel candidate, and APEC is telling us to vote for him, so that's, everyone understands that's why we're voting. No one's looking saying, oh, we must be condoning, uh, gay, you know, we're pro-gay marriage because we're voting for this. No one's going to look at it that way. I think that's where it's applicable, that's where I'm bringing it. Okay. At what point do we draw the line? I mean, because obviously, none of us are keeping 
If we're all angels, we wouldn't have an evening Yom Kippur, obviously. So we're all, at some point, doing something probably negative during the year, all right? So is there a, so... Yeah, but is there again, there's a difference between a draw, Is there some point that the line is drawn and said, I couldn't even honor him with this? No, so again, if someone is a flagrant, I mean, if someone walks in the show with their Japanese uh, mistress, okay, and they're coming, and then you're going to give them a psicha, you know, to open the ark with his mistress at his arm, that might be a problem, then you're condoning. Of you don't mean anything against Japanese. You yes. only mean <laughs> mistress. Japanese. 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 <laughs> okay, <I'm gonna> <laughs> right. You did open the door wide, door wide on that. Okay, so, so apparently other mistresses, other mistresses are okay, but Japanese are all of a sudden are off limits. Okay. What I'm saying is if the guy is flaunting it in <laughs> the shul at the kiddush, and then you, well, you so know, you had to get up at the kids. No, 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 let's not get specific. Let's not get specific. At UOS, you have <laughs> people that drive as a, as a rule. They drive to shul on Shabbos. So that's what he's so talking about. So should they that's not what be getting is saying, if it's clear, the reason why you're honoring him is because they're supporters of the shul. It's clear to everyone. That that's Even why you're giving the honor. Okay, that's what he's saying. So listen, he says, he oh says you should distance yourself from this kind of flattery, but it's not a violation of prohibition. That's what he's saying. The shul needs the money. Yeah. Rabbi Sachri got to be paid. Because you know what happens at the little shuls? You want to get somebody like that, and if you know that, I, I mean, the lean. No, that's team. a different thing. That's well, how you. Nice. They can't count as a part of the meeting. Oh, anyway, yeah, let's not go. Well, okay, stepping into politics today. So let me just finish because we're out of time. So then, the, the number four is is, is, part is of addressing. The if you drove. Yeah, so addressing. It's some holding. Extrapolating. If you're not shomer shabbos. Really? Not I think the God's extrapolating what he said. You no, know, I understand, but I, so there are, like, Next, if you want yeah. to swear, well, they probably wouldn't this give you a beard. Yeah, they wouldn't but give you don't have a beard. If you don't have a beard, they wouldn't give me a if I shave, if I trim my beard. Well, right, so they're different, but yes, that, yes, they're right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so now, so what about avoiding harm? So like we're saying, number four. So flattery for the purpose of avoiding harm, situations where flattery is necessary to avoid risk. So that's what we he said, um, clearly many permitted. Okay, now it's, I just want to finish off. So the, there's another whole concept which is important. I found a lot of discussion about that. Printed out here, which I didn't put on, I didn't have room for it on the sheet. But there's a concept of, there's another whole thing that Talmud discusses extensively, which is there's an obligation we have to pray for the welfare of our government, um, to support our government, even what's amazing is, and, and the original source for that, that's what I put down here on the sheet, is from Jeremiah. Whereas it was an evil, it was, we're talking about the government of Nebuchadnezzar at the time, was a Persian king, um, who, he was the one who destroyed the temple. Still, Jeremiah is saying here, it says, take wives and sons, seek the peace of the city to which you have been exiled, and pray on its behalf to Hashem. So we have an obligation um, to pray even for, as we see historically, for terrible governments. This is that's why I put down here. This injunction to pray for the peace of the local government is given the explanation that through its peace you shall have peace. The, the Jewish concept is that we're, no matter how bad our government is, whatever you, however bad you think our current government is, our future government, whoever's going to win this election, we still have an obligation as a Jewish community to pray for the sake of the government. And that's we, there's a prayer we say every Shabbat and Shul. Yes. Every Shabbat and Shul, yeah. Every Shabbat and Shul is a prayer throughout wherever you live, even if you live in communist. Soviet Russia, if you live in North Korea, and North Korea, you need to pray for your government. The reason is because, the way it's explained, the government is because anarchy is worse than any government. The job, the primary job of government, the way it's viewed in, in, in Jewish philosophy, is to keep us safe, to keep uh, the country safe, national security, to keep the, our community safe. 
to keep us Israelis, you know, that's the primary job of government, per se. Okay, so as long as the government's doing that, you know, any government is better than anarchy, as we see in Iraq and Syria today, and right, no matter how, words, we'd rather have Assad than have ISIS, also, right? So obviously Assad is very evil, so when it comes to the worst of two evils, and again, I'm, uh, we're not going to get into the, which candidates, but you know, it's, so we have to, even if all the candidates are evil, but we have to, at the end of the day, and choose one. Right. right, exactly. So we always pray for the for the welfare of the government. And Moshe Feinstein has true, and therefore Moshe Feinstein actually discusses, and this in a different response, and he talks about voting. He says very clearly, you know, America, there's no better country in the sense in America that there's no religion, meaning a problem in historically has been all governments has been anti this religion, discrimination, against Jews against this religion, that religion. America is the, one of the first countries in the world, and he calls it, his words are, Medina um, Shachesed, a country of compassion. The fact that they stand up for no religion and everyone's treated equal under the law, this, it's an unbelievable concept which didn't exist historically for Jews ever. So he says, for this country, we have to have what's good. He says, Akar Tatov. He says, the basic, he said, we, sh- we need to be part of the democratic process. Every Jew needs to vote. He says, it's a mitzvah to vote because we at least have to show our thankfulness for getting, uh, obviously he's, he was coming from, he was born in Bolshevik Russia, <laughs> and so comparing those two, but he's, but he's saying you know, we have to appreciate what we have as, as bad as you might think your, your, our president is, or the candidates for president are, we need to have thankfulness and be part of the democratic process as Jews, he says, to show and to support this type of government and he has a, uh, explaining etc so that's a very important thing, so we have an obligation and that's why we have a prayer in shul every Shabbat for the government, no matter who the government is Okay, sometimes you have to swallow it, and you might not like what you're praying for, but that's part of our job as, as Jews. Okay, and that's, so the conclusion is, but I just want to, because we're over time, the conclusion is very clear, um, that there's, as we're saying, the different levels of what we call Hanufa, flattery, but um, it's very clear, um, as long as we're not supporting, according to most, to many opinions, including the Marjorie Feinstein, as we said, as long as you're clearly not supporting that specific issue on the platform, that's antithesis to the Torah, or that we would define as immoral or illegal or however you want to define it, then you're okay, um, seemingly. The following presentation was recorded live by the Jewish Ethics Institute. Thank you.